Hi, I'm Ingrid Stair, and we are doing another podcast of Relationships in Progress. This podcast is about everything relationship, and it's with all kinds of people from all different walks of life, including attorneys, relationship experts, actors, um, people who are somehow going to add to people who, who do our hair, even um, hairdressers to add to your relationship, enhance yourself and your relationship. As I go on my own personal quest to find the love of my life today, I am extremely excited to have Dr. Clay Drinko, who is a PhD from Tufts University, graduate from Tufts University. He is an educator and an author of Play Your Way Sane. He, I am delighted to have him because we had such an organic, great conversation when we spoke. He did interview me for a, um, an article he wrote. He's a contributor to Psychology Today, and uh, I believe it was Games Couples Play in Conflict, uh, Games Couples could play and should play in conflict. And um, I appreciate him using me as an expert for that article. And I am thrilled to have him here with his new book published in January um, by Simon & Schuster, Play Your Way Sane. Welcome, Clay. Thank you so much. I think this is such a fun project that you're doing, and I'm really happy to be uh, a part of it. I'm really excited for you to be part of it, too, because when we talked, I'm going to try not to look down a lot of times. Last time I had my readers on, and I have to remember, I'm, st I'm trying to get a dude, so I, I want to try to look attractive. So <laughs> I'm not going to be staring down a lot as much as I can. I have to keep being mindful of that. You understand you as being a fellow, a fellow thespian as well, know that it, you, you have to be it here as well as bring it here, too. I got it. Open to the audience for those cold reads, right? I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I love that you are interested in what acting, what theater, what, what this does to the brain, as well as what we can use, because I think that a lot of therapeutic practices, I'm, I don't call myself a therapist. I consider myself a relationship expert. I've been doing this for 20 years and working with people. And um, so, I, but I do believe that more and more therapy practices are moving towards utilizing some sort of theater practices, improv in particular, in order to work with clients. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I see more and more researchers and therapists, uh, counselors, coaches really using acting exercises and ideas from improv and improv exercises in order to just be more present with their clients, um, to add play, an element of play and playfulness to their practice, to their therapeutic practice, which I think is so important. Um, and then people are doing it in their everyday life as well. I think, you know, we've had this experience as actors that, um, you know, you're really working on your relaxation and being in tune with your emotions and really pulling from your history and your experience. Like those are all therapeutic things. And so I think that they just go so well together. It's exciting that a lot of people are starting to do that work now. I agree. And now they're able to even researchers are able to look at fMRIs and they're able to see what parts of the brain are actually activated. 
and in particular the mid part of the brain the prefrontal cortex part of the brain and so because in order to access more of that prefrontal cortex part of it and the next time we're going to have a neuroscientist on too so we'll talk a little bit about that but i know that you've studied some of that as well and so in order to do that it, you need to be in the more relaxed parasympathetic nervous system and think about how you and i trained as actors we did these goofy exercises so here's where i'm going to get goofy i might as well just put on my glasses where we did those, blah, 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 you know, those things. Blah, 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 blah. So okay. we're doing that. And we're also <laughs> in an environment where we feel safe with our partners. It's so important to feel safe. Let's talk a little bit about improv and what, what kinds of things are, are implanted into improv classes, uh, which I, as again, you're an educator too, things that you may teach people in order to make them feel help them feel safe and when they're in a class environment absolutely when i teach an improv workshop or really any class uh, i really make it a point to not start with something that could potentially be risky uh, or feel risky or make people feel too vulnerable too fast um, and so you know i might start off with something like an easy win where you know we you don't have to look silly and i'm always talking about how these things are going to build off the other so that by the end of the hour or three hours or whatever it is you know we've slowly taken more and more risks so that by the end we're absolutely silly and everyone feels comfortable but i think the thing about improv that's really great for building this confidence and playfulness in everybody really this trust with the with the group is partially this idea of yes and and non-judgment so you're always drilling in improv that no one can be the like simon cowell like no one can be like that was a great scene or that was a bad scene it really has to come from you and that feeling of like wow i feel good about doing that um, so your scene partners can't be judging and you can't be judging them, right? No judgment, but also yes and is important. And, and that, it, this idea is just that if you're going to make a scene spontaneously out of nothing, the yes and rule helps keep it going. If somebody, if my scene partner says, hey mom, how are you? And then I say, I'm not your mom. Like <laughs> dead air, <laughs> silence. Like it's really uncomfortable. I don't know who I am. I don't know who the other person is in the scene. Super awkward and uncomfortable. Maybe like some of the dates you've been going on. I hope not. Um, but if we're yes anding each other, I can be like, oh, you want me to be your mom? Done and done. I can say, hey, Dustin, you know, I hope school was better than yesterday. Oh, now we're anding. We're adding new information to the scene. And if we just keep doing that, we can create the scene. And, and it also makes you feel better that you know your scene partner is going to go along with your idea, even if your idea is not great. And that's going to make your idea great because they're going to make it better. So that's the basic idea of yes and. Let's, let's maybe practice, play with that a little bit too, yeah. because the other part that you hit on is, and I use this with clients who are couples who sit in these chairs behind who are in extreme distress and you know they usually come in they're in what's called their sympathetic nervous system they're so stressed out and they are there i call that they i tell them they're basically like little lawyers sitting in chairs trying to defend their own position there's no yes ends mm -hmm. and it's also let me try to make this other person look as bad as possible they're like telling on 
on their partner is what they're doing. So when we get for a little bit further along in our process, we start the idea of let's expand upon not, not only the yes and, but also the idea that you're a genius. So if we, if we play with that, just you and me a little bit, so we can kind of show how that can maybe be effective in therapeutic work, um, would that be okay with you? Absolutely, what, you know, whatever. <laughs> let's do it. And I'm a genius, and so are you. So yeah, we start with that. So <laughs> why don't you start, maybe, and I'll, I'll, I'll add on to it. Just do, make, like doing a scene, like an improv type scene? Sure. Okay. Um, it, uh, it is really, really cold this year, Samantha. It sure is, Steve. It is the coldest summer that I have ever experienced in my life. Yeah, I mean, global warming apparently stopped this year, which is because of the election coming up, <laughs> right? Uh, I suppose it did start with, uh, even though I, I don't talk about politics and now my face is red, I am going to agree with you that it is absolutely because of the election that global warming has stopped. It's, and It's just you and, and me. Okay, go ahead, Samantha. And Steve, I believe that it is a really good thing that global warming has stopped because now there's no melting of the polar ice caps anymore. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. That had to stop at some point, right? I was nervous about it. And this is just going to be better for our business too. Like finally our, you know, quaint little bed and breakfast up here at the ski lodge is finally going to, you know, get some summer business. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm really excited for that to happen. I know. I know. And scene. And scene. But you see how I love that. And you see how you throw me these, which is what I love about why you can use improv. You threw this curve at me and I'm like. Not necessarily on purpose. I didn't mean to, but I'm, I'm out of practice. And also I think as soon as I start doing the improv mode, like I don't really care about how good the thing I'm going to say is. I just say things. And so, and I knew you would go along with it. And that's the, what we were just talking about is like, I was not worried, obviously, about saying good things. I just said things and the scene kept going and it was fine. And what I love too about this and why this really works in couples work is because you start to gain this trust. I knew that no matter what, even though I'm like, you're going to take me out of that. I'm not going to stay in my head for very long. That you are going to recover me from whatever is going on. So it's, it's, and also you're learning about your partner, as you said, I think before the yes and is helping. Now I learn. okay, we have a ski lodge together, you know? Okay, yeah. great. Because we're, we're adding on to the story. It's so powerful. It really is. But how great if we're doing that in, new relationships, that would be great, right? We're learning about each other. We are open to the things they're gonna say instead of living in our head and hoping they're a certain way. If we're yes ending, we're really listening to what they're saying and, and their perspective. And so then I think it helps us not be in such fantasy lands in the beginning, but also how great for an older relationship that's been going on for years and years there's still things we're all always changing like how great 
to keep learning new things about people and accepting it and figuring out how those, your reality and theirs can, can coexist. I think it's a great metaphor and tool for relationships all the way through. And I, I, yes, and, and I like that you, when we talked, I was talking to you and I'm using my real life experience about dating and what's happening with me and, and various different um, roads that I'm taking and different people I'm talking to. And I, we, I want to talk about some of the things that we talked about as far as specific games, as far as getting to know a person um, over time, even in older, in older relationships, in relationships that have lost, last, uh, lasted a long time, but maybe lost their luster. One of the things that I help people do is to bring that back by, you don't, you don't know the person anymore, maybe. You don't know, are roses still her favorite flower? Are, uh, et cetera. And so learning that person, creating novelty is so important. And we talked about a couple of the games that are in your Simon & Schuster book, Play Your Way Sane, that help you get to know a person even if, so I'm talking about meeting new people and dating new people, but it's even if you're in a longer term relationship, right? Absolutely. It's all about, for me, being curious and like what you said, adding novelty and also not making assumptions. I think whether we're dating someone for a couple dates or for years and years, people have a tendency to make assumptions and to jump to conclusions. So one of my Play Your Way Sane games is called Curious Detective. And for this one, you just pretend you're looking for Carmen Sandiego or you're you know, any sort of like gumshoe or like Sherlock Holmes, whatever you want, whatever makes you happy, right? So you're this detective. And instead of thinking about yourself and what am I going to say next? And does this, you know, hot guy think I'm smart or, right? That's all not super helpful on a date. Instead, you are a curious detective and your job is to really figure out like, who is this person? Like what makes this person tick? What makes them special? What makes them interesting? And so for me, just that, um, you know, just that simple make pretend exercise um, helps me be more into it. And I'm not going to like have a pipe and be like, you know, like that. No problem. I mean, I could, but that probably wouldn't go well. Um, But instead, it's just something that I do to just remind myself it's not about you. I need to make this person look good and find out things about this person, whether I'm going to date them, you know, for another couple of weeks or for years, like it doesn't matter. I'm on a date now and I want to make it about them and finding out about them. And I think it's really easy to get stuck in our heads and start spiraling and sweating and being nervous on a date. That makes sense. So I always need a way to shift that and be like, Let's make it about you, right? Let me, let me know more about you. And then when I talk about myself, you know, I'm not so self-conscious anymore because that I've shifted my focus and I can be more organic and more spontaneous on the date. Did, did you do this when you met your partner? Was this part of? I met him before I came up with these uh, improv inspired exercises. Okay. So, but with him, I mean, I always sort of have had mantras and stuff to remind myself to ask questions and be curious and, oh, you're talking about yourself too much or you you somehow are making everything about you. So instead, I would have like mantras to remind myself, which wasn't as helpful. Um, But luckily with him, 
um, with my husband Harris, he never had these like, he, he can cut through the nonsense, right? So right <laughs> at our first date, he was like, you know, not buying all this artsy fartsy stuff. And he's like, really has a way of like homing in on someone and connecting with them. And so I didn't really need those exercises then. Um, but do you use it now. Do you use it now for your relationship sometimes though? Because you've been together a while and sometimes, you know, you, you, you get in the doldrums of life and just, so you don't want to hear about work anymore, but do you do it anyway? Do you ask anyway? And Absolutely. Absolutely. Because every day, like you were saying, is different. If I'm assuming that he's going to, you know, come downstairs from his remote working and, you know, say the same, you know, a similar thing that he says every day, then there's no novelty. Um, time just ends up flying by and, you know, I, I don't cherish anything about the relationship. So yeah, I do play games and it's not like we're like playing improv Game. It's like what it's something I can do. The play your way same games are things an individual can do, and the other person doesn't even have to know that they're doing it. But yeah, well, this is one book that I definitely want to add to my library for sure because I like the I you know I like the idea of what you're trying to do is really so. Not only can I use this with couples work, I can use it with individuals trying to find themselves. Who right because. Yeah. This keep this pulls you away from from what I've read, anxiety, depression kinds of thinking. It pulls you into current moment and present thought processes. Usually what we say is if you're anxious, you're worried about the future. And if you're depressed, you're you know sad about the past. So what what a lot of these games do, just like with, you know, when I was in an acting class at Playhouse West out in California, um, we, we we used to joke that that our our therapy this was cheaper than therapy that being in acting class was actually cheaper than therapy and there again there have been studies that showed that you can act, you become outside of yourself it teach it's almost a, a a process of selflessness to get lost in the character and so can you talk a little bit about how maybe because i think that this is one of those times and I know you mentioned to me about the anxiety and the depression, and it's one of the things that why they're, they're going to push your book out a little bit faster, it sounds like. Um, tell me a little bit about how it helps anxiety and or depression. Yeah, absolutely. One of the, one of the things in the subtitle is stop, you know, to help you stop spiraling um, and calm down, stop spiraling, and embrace uncertainty. And I think that, you know, the, the player way same games are – divided into 12 different lessons and they're all improv slash acting lessons. And this really starts with mindfulness. The first one is setting the stage and any improv or acting rehearsal starts in, usually in a similar way where you have to ignore or forget about all the stuff that's going on in your life, your you know relationship problems and the fight you just had. You have to leave it at the door, which is what they always say. Uh, and then you usually walk around the space and you start noticing what's here right now. So not your ex-husband or not your dog that's sick, right? You have to, and one of the improv exercises is you just you point to things and just call them what they are. And I do this game all the time. And in, in Play Your Way Sane, I call it, call it like you seize it. And so right now I would just go computer, 
lamp, picture, paper. And it's, it's very strange, but it helps me to do it physically, like pointing and say the things out loud. And if I do that for 15 seconds, about 15 seconds, I start to notice things that I was definitely not noticing before. Because before I play it, I'm like in my head and I don't really see anything. I'm not noticing anything. And then after I play for a little bit, I'm like, I've never seen that mushroom growing in my yard before. And I've never seen this. And I'm like childlike, I'm like a kid. I'm actually enjoying taking a walk. I'm enjoying just being in nature. And you can't focus on all the things that are spiraling in your head and how wonderful the world is all around you at the same time. Um, Cause we have limited space in our, you know, that part of the brain that you were talking about. So for me, that's, you know, a really good example of a game that helps you do that. Just stop that habitual spiraling. I love that. That's a very, it's actually something called um, wheel of awareness that Dr. Dan Siegel discusses in his book. Um, come on. Mindsight, mindsight, mindsight. Oh, yes. yes. And, and so he talked, because what it does is that, that it's the five senses. Mm -hmm. And so what you're doing is you're even distilling it down towards, towards just being a visual sense. And what that do is it does is it's grounding you in the moment of um, vase and glasses. You, you become very focused and narrow in that kind of grounding of where it is that you are to just get you into where it is you are, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I could picture doing that before a date or before you do a, an interview or a podcast or a, a job interview, just because it's, you need some way to stop that spiraling, some sort of like, you know, just cut it off. And, and for me, that's one of the easiest things that I do. And if I do it for 15 seconds, I'm starting to be more mindful of, of my environment. And then two seconds later, this, <laughs> the spiral starts. I just do it again. I love it. And, you know, before we, we started recording this, we were talking about what are some of the effects going to be for um, little people going back to school and your daughter and how difficult because it's the time for socialization and that some of this is going to drag on and it's going to be winter now and it's going to be causing people already anxiety and depression is skyrocketing. Loneliness is skyrocketing. Um, I, I spoke to a matchmaker the, the last podcast and she was talking about how her business is up. There's need for help for my business too as far as relationships are concerned and I think any Anything that any tools that we can give people at this particular point to help them ease anxiety and depression it is so helpful. Is your book can it be read by a whole family? Can 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 we play games at dinner with some of your tools? Absolutely. I think I picture friend a group of friends doing it. There's an exercise called the Sisterhood of the Traveling Article of Clothing. Um, stolen from that movie, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. And so it's in the Making Big Choices lesson. Um, and it's based on a game that I used to play with my friends. Um, you choose uh, like a symbolic article of clothing. And that is your, I don't know, that's the symbol of the fact that you and your group are going to make these big choices. And then you decide what's that big choice for me? What's that thing I want to do? And maybe if we're talking about relationships, which is how the game went when I was playing it, when I was still single. Um, you know, one of my friends wanted to 
go up to a guy at a bar, like, or in real life, and like, talk to them, because he was really shy. And he could do like, you know, online stuff. And so that was his big thing. And if you do that, then you get to be the keeper of the article of clothing. Like you get it, you get the pants or the blouse or the necklace. And then you get to decorate it because you did your activity, you met your goal. And then when another friend reaches their goal, so I love that there would be this like communal aspect to it. Uh, I can imagine couples doing it together because I, you know, when Harris and I started dating, we would do definitely watch Iyanla Fix My Life and or read a self-help book together and like do the work and like talk about, all right, we finished chapter one. Like, how can we implement this in our relationship? And I, it was part of, I think it's part of why we're still together seven years later is we really created a strong foundation from, you know, self-help books about sex, self-help books about communication, right? Um, and I think doing, and about shame. I think doing it together, um, there's more accountability and also playing with people, right, is fun. So I love that there would be that component. I do too. I wanna to mention your, the game that you and I talked about when you were saying that you were afraid because I've thought about it since then. Afraid to go to the dentist. You know what I'm going to talk about? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I have a bit of. I guess they call it white coat syndrome, where you know when they do my blood pressure at the doctor, uh, you know, anytime I, it's always high because I'm just sort of like, I, I don't know why. I don't. I don't think I have a rational idea of something bad happening, and so um, sometimes that makes me a little like irritable and short with people. Uh, and I don't like that. Like they're doing their job. They're amazing. Uh, especially now, like they have to wear three masks and like, why am I going to be a jerk? Because I'm a little bit uncomfortable or a little bit nervous or, or anxious. Um, so I came up with a game, uh, just collecting smiles. So I tried to make it about them and making it about trying to make everyone I interacted with laugh or just smile. And it shifted everything. I wasn't thinking about myself. I wasn't thinking about how I was nervous. I really was just trying to make people have a better day. And so that shift, um, you know, I gathered one laugh and quite a few smiles and I felt really great. It was a, I had a fun time doing something that I normally don't like. I think that's a really, that's a new, even as we talked about it before, it's a new angle you put on it. And I want to mention that, that I heard you say that, um, is that, which I also want to say is what I love about people who are actors too, is that it's about listening and responding, which is, you know, when I I learned it was Meisner technique and it's, it's listening and responding kind of thing. So I listened to that, listening to you with new ears. And I heard you talk about how it's a giving, you wanted to, to, to make other people feel good. And that is one of the big reasons, wouldn't you say that we all got involved in the entertainment world and in improv and comedy and acting because we can feel the energy off of other people and it makes us feel good good to make you feel good right isn't, isn't that and if we can do that in our world today wouldn't that be a magical thing yeah I think it's about connection I think it's an, I when I was acting I, I wasn't the type of actor who well maybe in the beginning when I was 19 <laughs> but I, I wasn't the kind of actor who 
wanted everyone to look at me just because, right? I really wanted to do the work and really get into the scene with my scene partner and, and lose myself in that moment. Um, and the, or with the audience where really I could feel that feeling where they're in the palm of your hand, right? That's a great feeling. And for me, it was about connection um, and feeling what that was like and really just finding that flow state where I didn't have to worry and be anxious. Um, and also I think it was about psychology. I think it was about wanting to know more about myself. And so I think that's why I ended up leaving acting is because I didn't want to play characters anymore. I really wanted to take everything I had learned and just try to apply it to my life to live my real life in as happy and productive and peaceful and, you know, a way possible. I love it. That's great. As we wrap up, I'm curious if you remember what it felt like that kind of energy. I'm playing your game, by the way, I'm being a detective. Yeah. And so, um, it, what it felt like for you when you had that feeling, when you first were introduced to an audience, a live audience and that energy that, that came about, what did that feel like for you? Um, I think I must've gotten hooked in high school. Um, I think I auditioned first for, well, actually, no, it, it, I think ninth grade in high school, um, all my friends were going to the art room because they were doing like an audio version, like a cassette version of um, Winnie the Pooh or something. And I just followed because I didn't have that many friends and they were all going somewhere. So I followed them. And so they were like, well, you know, we need someone to be little skunk. And I was like, oh, like, I'm not really into acting, but I'll be Little Skunk, whatever. And so they do the whole thing. Little Skunk had two lines, I think. And so I was really nervous and in my head, but I just, you know, was like, all right, just, just do it, whatever. So I say my Little Skunk lines and they had to stop. Everyone was laughing and I don't know what Little Skunk choices I made, but I remember being like, this feels amazing. Like I barely said anything, but I was super committed and it got this reaction. Like I, I need so much more of this. So I think it was that, you know, just being able to have that timing with someone that just, it felt amazing. That's fantastic. Great. So let me just put this on real quick and make sure I got everything I need. It was so great catching up with you and talking with you and playing, which is a huge part, you know, of actually learning as adult people that we actually play too. So uh, something that I talk about with my clients and, and working with them, particularly people who are thinking about getting divorced and they've already tried therapy before. I'm not a therapist. I am a, a coach and what I work, it's neuroscience principles about urgency and focus um and and that's a lot of what improv is is bringing to and then off switch meaning rest so you think ufo off is rest and that's when you get some sleep but it's also when you get to play because we learn so much in play about ourselves and about our partners as well absolutely so i i am again so grateful for you to take the time to to sit with us and talk a little bit about your book and about what you're doing and how you're helping to improve not only your life but going to be soon the lives 
uh, even more so the lives around us, or around you with your new book that's coming out soon. 2021, we can all look forward to it, right? Um, yeah, January. Yeah, January. Play Your Way Sane. Uh, Pre-orders are open now. So thank you so much, Ingrid. This was great. Thank you. Real quick too, Clay, where can people get a hold? Where do you want people? Do you want playyourwaysane.com? Where can people uh, look for you? Yeah, playyourwaysane.com. Uh, the website's going to get a nice overhaul. It's going to be really easy to use. Um, so that's the easiest way. Every, everything will be there. Great. Thank you so much. It was great to see you. You too. Thank you, Ingrid.